Hello and welcome to another edition of Turned Out of Punk. I'm your host, Damien Abraham, and once again I bring you a conversation with someone who grew up listening to punk, may or may not still be involved in punk, but had their life changed by the genre in a major way. And today on the show, a majorly awesome guest, Joanna Angel, owner, proprietor of BurningAngel.com, also an adult film star, but a DIY punk beyond reproach as well. We will get to all of that in one second. But first, if you want to get in touch with me, please send me an email. You can find the email address at uh, www.damianabraham.com. You can find me on various forms of social media, at Damien. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm being distracted by the view right now. I'm recording this from uh, a balcony in a hotel in Alcapulco, Mexico, where I'm doing this wrestling TV show right now for Vice. And it's probably the most beautiful view I've ever had. It's insane how gorgeous it is out here. So that's what, you're hearing this ocean, you're hearing these tropical birds. That's why. It's because uh, I'm, I'm doing work while I'm enjoying the view, you know? I'm not getting paid for this, so might as well enjoy the view while you're doing it. Um, if you want to find me on Facebook, you can go to Turn Out of Punk uh, at Facebook.com, Facebook.com slash Turn Out of Punk. It's run by my brother, Tristan Abraham. I love you, Tristan. You're awesome. Thanks for doing all this hard, hard work for me, buddy. Uh, and if you would like to uh, find us on Tumblr, there's turnoutofpunk.tumblr.com if you don't use Facebook like myself. If you want to check out some of the stuff that I've done uh, for Vice, including a wrestling documentary that I guess almost begat what I'm doing right now, you can go to uh, YouTube and look up most bloody violent wrestling it's the bloodless tournament of death documentary that we did uh, there's also canadian cannabis there's all sorts of stuff on there but if you want to subscribe to this podcast and write a review and rate it that would be very much appreciated please actually if you're if you're bored and you're looking right now at your computer screen go over to itunes and give this thing a review and a rating and i would be very much appreciative of that because you know what that would be you know some quid pro quo. That would be awesome if you did that. And uh, I think that's it. Man, it's, it's really gorgeous up here. I'm having a pretty amazing time. Obviously missing family, uh, as, which goes without question. But if I can forget about that uh, every once in a while and just enjoy it, I realize I'm living like every wrestling fan's wildest, wildest fantasy. So I'm having a, a pretty fun time out here. And I, but I couldn't. I could not let it go any longer without you hearing this episode. I've had this episode for a while. To be honest with you, it was on a hard drive that was damaged, but now I have it back, and I am so, so happy. Uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Joanna Angel, she's an adult film star. She's also the owner of BurningAngel.com, one of the early, early uh, adult porn sites on the Internet. Um, she is one of the people that's kind of key in, I don't know, giving, giving power... Uh, to back to the the porn stars, you know, and she's one of these people that owned her own business. But it, this isn't about porn, I assure you. If you're not a fan of pornography or porn, do not worry. We talk about very little, very, very little, if any of that. This is all about punk because Joanna Angel grew up a hardcore kid in New Jersey. And unlike a lot of hardcore kids and punk kids, including myself, she wasn't stuck up and stuck in one scene. She enjoyed music from all sorts of scenes and she connects a lot of dots in this episode this is an episode that uh, i think is a lot of fun i got to give it up though to friend of the show contributor to the show you know part of part of the turned out of punk family in a major way david up dave thank you so much for hooking this up dave of course is a regular uh, guest on 
Turn Out of Punk Footnotes. He's actually one of the contributors on Turn Out of Punk Footnotes, and he's also been on this show several times. But that's that's the thing. You'll hear Dave come up on this podcast. You'll hear Jeff Rickley come up on this podcast. You'll hear um, you'll hear Sue from War on Women come up on this podcast. You hear a lot of cool people come on this podcast. So. I want to share this with you so badly. I've wanted to ever since I recorded it, and now that I finally can, here it is. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Joanna Angel on Turned Out a Punk. Hey, Joanna, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, well, thank you. Well, as um, I was, sorry, go for, on. For having me on your show. Well, I was just saying to you off air, like you're one of the original list of people that I wrote out in my phone that I was like, these are the people that I want to have on this list because these are people from all sorts of, you know, entertainment worlds, all sorts of worlds that have been impacted by punk music and in turn impacted the worlds they occupy themselves. So I, anyway, I, we will get into all that, but <laughs> thank you for coming on the show. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for having me in, um, I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm flattered and I'm uh, honored that I was on your list. So, well, let's. I, I hope I I don't disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think we have to thank our mutual friend, David Up from Tear It Up. For, uh, I know. I was like, when I got an email from him, I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, it goes to show you the connections that punk rock. <clears throat> yeah, you kind of. You have them forever. Exactly. So, <coughs> sorry. No, please don't worry. Getting over a cold. <laughs> no problem. I cough, but it's because of my cannabis <laughs> use. So, if, if I start coughing, that's what's going on. <laughs> I want to uh, start this off the way I start them all off, which is, how did you get into punk? Do you remember the first time you came across the genre? <clears throat> God. Okay, let's go back to high school. <clears throat> So I guess when I was in middle school, <clears throat> like seventh and eighth grade, a little bit of ninth grade, like, um, I was just into everything weird, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't really know anything about punk. Um, I knew just a little bit, you know, like I would watch 120 minutes on MTV and, you know, like basically whatever I saw that was just different. I was just trying to learn about, you know, mm -hmm. like I didn't have punk friends that there, there was no punk message boards I could go read at the time. You know, mm -hmm. this was like, I'm 36 now. So I, I don't even know what year am I talking about? Well, you are the, <laughs> yeah. are the same age. When so was I, I in? Yeah. I was born in 1980. So yeah, yeah. In like 1992, you know, it was very hard, <laughs> you know, I didn't, yeah, and I didn't have that many friends, you know, so I just basically did whatever was weird, you know, like wearing black nail polish. I listened to, um, you know, a lot of grunge. I listened to some punk, like I, I listened to The Clash um, just because I saw them on 120 Minutes, mm -hmm. I remember. Um, uh, you know, I was into like Nine Inch Nails and I was into Nirvana, just anything kind of like different and weird and like depressing I would think of. I remember getting that um I somehow, you know, I would definitely research like music and stuff a lot and indie music. I didn't want to listen to what was on the radio. Um 
I remember getting that like sub pop catalog, <laughs> yeah. you know, do you remember getting that? Well, um, I don't, so there I, was some punk stuff in there, but I, I was absolutely. just more like into anything that was kind of like alternative. I was really into like Sonic Youth, mm-hmm. you know, just anything different. I would, I lived in Bergen County, so I would like just take the train and walk around the East Village and just kind of like I would go to record stores and just kind of get things that just stuck out to me. So mm-hmm. wasn't part of a scene, but I was like looking for something, you know? Well, those are all punk things you're talking about. Like, you know, yeah, they're all yeah, connected yeah. to it. Yeah. And then um, I remember, you know, just kind of gravitating towards anybody that was different or weird in high school. Mm-hmm. And then um, – um, I remember in when I was like in tenth grade, there was another guy in my high school that was like, you know, I would always sit by myself at lunch or or you know whatever, and um, I remember him just like coming up to me, being like, um, hey, you know, like, do you want to come sit with us? And he like invited me to sit with the like three other like kind of punk people that were in my <laughs> high school <laughs> and I was so excited I think I just sort of sat closer and closer to them like every day hoping <laughs> that maybe one day they'd invite me you know <laughs> um so had and, you been um, to a concert at this point or were you just like no it- I no just um God, I mean I I went I remember going to see like Sonic Youth um that's punk to me Joanna yeah I mean yeah. it wasn't like a punk show <laughs> yeah you know um, God, I went to like, I remember going with some friends to, God, one of the old, old, uh, like Lollapalooza, like I was into like mm-hmm. Pavement, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of those like grunge bands. Um, so I had seen some of them. Um, who did I see at the time? I remember like, I think seeing, that was like, you saw Pavement like, at Filter. Yes, I did. I so, did. God, forever ago. What year was that? That was with the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Yes, Jesus yes, Lizard, yes. Hole. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, Cypress I was Hill. there. I yeah. was really into Hole. Yeah. Um. So I remember going to that. Um. Uh. But yeah, I hadn't been to. Um. I guess a quote punk show. You know, I just kind of like went to whatever concerts I could kind of go to. Mm-hmm. You know. And and are, I guess are you going to these shows? Are they in? I've never been a you know my experience with New Jersey as someone from Canada is somewhat limited to just playing the odd show here and there, but is Bergen is like would you be going to these shows in New York or would you be in going New to York? Okay. Yeah, I went to New it, to New York. That's where stuff happened. I actually remember going to Lollapalooza. I think it was somewhere in Massachusetts because I like had some old like I some old some friends from Massachusetts that invited me or so I don't know this was so long ago I'm like <laughs> can barely remember anything this is like forever ago I mean what year was that 1994 was it yeah yeah, yeah. so it was very young it, okay so great so great was kind of the early days you know yeah. yeah and um yeah and then so in high school there was this this guy that um, in my high school, you know, and he was a little older than me. And yeah, he basically invited me to sit at like the punk table at oh. lunch. <laughs> and I was stoked, you know, because I, I would always kind of like look at them. And there was really only like four of them, you know. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, those guys are like so cool. And they have the – I remember one of the girls – I thought she was so pretty. She had, um, she wore this messenger bag every day and 
there was a big avail patch on her bag. And I had no idea. I remember even trying because we didn't really have like internet, no, you know? No, so no. I remember going to record stores in the city just because I saw <laughs> that being like, what's a veil? And like, nobody even knew where, <laughs> what it was. That's you know, awesome. I yeah. remember just being like, what is this thing that this girl has on her bag? I need to find out about it. So I remember trying to find it and I couldn't find it. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, so finally, yeah, the, so they asked me to sit with them. And then I remember, um, the, the guy, his name was Ivan. I do remember he was a dude in high school and he asked me if I wanted to go see Rancid with all of them. And I had known who Rancid was, yeah. you know, from seeing them on 120 Minutes. I don't know if that makes me sound like a poser or not, but that's where I found hey, out about them. I found you them, know? I found them from a wedge in Canada, so I'm a poser too. Then, yeah, so. I mean, whatever, <laughs> and, you know. Well, um, I think that's also like they were the gateway. Like Lars has been on the show now a couple times and like – like I've said straight up, like you were the gateway band for so many of us. Yeah. Like, I actually remember before Rancid, ironically, I did listen to Green Day because yeah. I remember seeing, you know, the, all that stuff on MTV, um, you know, with the with the mud at yeah. whatever, you know. Woodstock, Yeah, and I remember yeah. being like, wow, that's so cool. I wish I was there. It's like, <laughs> listen to this band. And then I remember listening to Green Day. And that was kind of, I was like, oh, there's like more bands that sound like this. And then I kind of tied it together when I heard Rancid. And then I started kind of like looking into punk. But um, anyway, so he asked me to to go and see uh, Rancid with him mm -hmm. at the Roseland. And I was like, yeah. And I, and I actually, I was really excited. And I actually remember I was on the um, track team. I don't really know why my dad just wanted me to be on it. Cause he was a big track guy. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it's really boring. You just run. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a fat kid who played Dungeons and Dragons. So there's no way I was yeah. on the track team. Yeah. And um, I wasn't even very good at it. You know, and I, um, and I remember the day that the Ransard concert was, was like the day that a big like track meet was. And, um, they, they, they basically told me if I didn't show up to that track meet that I couldn't be on the team anymore. And I was like, well, fuck this. I want to go see Ransom. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I think that was the beginning of the end. <laughs> Do you remember who opened for Ransom at that show? The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Oh, you would have seen him though at that war. At no, Fusa. wait. God. No, no, no. Okay. Was it the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones? And you know, I think, I think also it was the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and Rocket from the Crypt. Whoa! And I remember thinking Rocket from the Crypt was the stupidest, lamest thing I'd ever seen, <laughs> which is so dumb because they became like my favorite band years later. But I was young. You yeah. Know? I was oh, like, yeah. What are all these guys with all these instruments, like wearing nice clothes? <laughs> I want to see angry people in mohawks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, and I remember like seeing some of it. I was like, what is this? This is stupid. Like thinking like the wrong band opened for the show, um, which is embarrassing because they really became my favorite band like about seven years later but uh, anyway i so i think it was those three bands mm -hmm. or it was just rocket from the crypt and rancid i can't remember it was at the roseland though it's funny because um, rancid was like the gateway you, you brought up a veil earlier and that's where i heard a veil was through rancid flyers and let's go when they've got like a veil flyers in that rancid 
collage <laughs> and like, yeah. And you bring in Rock from the Crypt. They were like such a cool gateway band for bringing in all yeah, Bikini Kill. Like that's how I got into Bikini Kill was through Rancid. Like they were the band that was yeah. like a gateway for so much stuff. And then, so yeah, that was, I guess, my first kind of like punk concert. Awesome. And I remember having like so much fun, you know, and just feeling like, like, you know, that was the first time I just saw like a whole room full of punks. I actually remember uh, Joey Ramone was there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, yeah, because I remember my friend was like, that's Joey Ramone. And I was like, who's that? <laughs> like, <laughs> and um, um, yeah, and I remember having like so much fun. And then um, my, the, you know, my my new friends were like, oh, well, you should come with us to like a punk show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? Like another concert. Um, and then I remember shortly after going to my very first like VFW hall, like punk show. And I actually remember less than Jake played. And um, awesome. It was in some like VFW hall in New Jersey, and I loved Less Than Jake. I became like obsessed with Less Than Jake. I remember going um, at that same show buying um, Pezcore, and I listened to it like every single day. Um, and then, and then I remember my second punk show. Actually, there was a guy. Oh God, this is so long ago. There was a guy that um, had shows like. Like, yeah, and I remember at that first punk show making, like, some friends at that punk show, mm-hmm. you know, at that VFW hall that Les and Jake played. Um, was that in Bergen or was that one town over? It was It was in Bergen County, okay. so okay. I can't remember exactly which city in Bergen County. It was, mm-hmm. it was not – yeah, it was somewhere in Bergen County. And I remember making some friends there who had asked me to go to another punk show, you know, because um, there was no way to know about these things unless you knew people back yep. then, you mm-hmm. know? And then I remember my second punk show. It was in someone's backyard. This guy, his name was Craig. He was a big fat guy with a mohawk. And I remember he had shows in his backyard. Yeah. He like lived with his mom <laughs> and there was like shows in his backyard. And the casualties played. <laughs> and that was really like so like life changing. Cause I remember going there and all the like punks from New York were there. And it was crazy. It was like a backyard full of everybody in their leather jackets and their bondage pants and giant, giant, ridiculous mohawks. And like, it was crazy. (laughs) You know, me as this, and I like still didn't really know there was no hot topic at the time. Like I was like, where do people get these clothes? Where did they get these pants? Like, how did they dye their hair like this? Like I, was so like floored, you know, cause we lived right near New York city where all the trash and vaudeville punks, you know, were coming from. And I just kind of wore like weird vintage t-shirts from, from like thrift stores and like different colored nail polish and dog collars. Like I just kind of threw on any bizarre thing I could find, you know, like I didn't really like understand where these, you know, the culture. But yeah, I do remember the casualties play that show and who even knows what lineup of the casualties that was. Um, and I think from that point on, I was like, well, this is awesome, you know? <laughs> and I started going to like lots and lots of, um, punk shows and stuff. Was um, it mainly that New York sort of casualty scene that you kind of found yourself in? Yeah, in high towards? school, yeah. in high school, that's what I gravitated towards. I wasn't very cool, in that scene, you know, well, um, it, it, it's, it's such a like, you know, and I'm not judging it, but it's like it is very much like a 
a fashion conscious scene. Yeah. Um, but I lived in Bergen County. That was all I really knew about. Yeah. It was very easy for me to get to New York City. You know, like I didn't drive yet. I didn't know about the whole world of, of, of like hardcore and all that stuff until, um, I went to college. That's when I got, you know, more, more into the hardcore scene and everything. Um, yeah. So in high school, yeah. And there was like where all the punk kids would hang out in Ridgewood, (laughs) New Jersey. We would all just hang out by this like, monument and there was just like more and more of us every week but i was not cool like i was like on the outskirts of it you know i was just like you know like i don't know i was still in high school like i lived with my parents and i didn't have you know i I was like i was just kind of like doing whatever i had access to you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and that was yeah i went to abc no rio a couple times um, I remember I, yeah, I went on that message board and not message board. It was even before message board. It was a chat room okay. called, called punk chat. Okay. I remember going in there when I was in high school and I made a friend, her name was Marissa and she was like, like in that chat room. And I literally, I didn't see a picture of her or anything. I just remember she was like, yeah, like I'm a punk girl from like Mawa. Like I hang out like at ABC No Rio and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what's that? And she was like, yeah, you should come meet me. And I like remember going into New York City to hang out with this girl, like not even (laughs) seeing a picture. Her name was like Punk Rock Angel or something. And I was distrusted her on yeah. that. Like it could, I could have been killed. But it was a different um, time, though. Like as far as it that was stuff a different goes. time. I yeah. was just like, oh, okay, cool. Like we should be friends. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And um, yeah. And I remember she took me to ABC No Rio, and um, you know, I hung out there. So I, I was kind of hanging out at some places in New York and some places in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of the extent to my like high school punk rockness. Um. I got way more I, – I think I, like, came into my own more once I got to college because I was living in New Brunswick and, like, Punk Rock Central, yep. you know. And Grease um, Truck Central. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, where, but, like, what were some of the local bands, like, jumping back, sorry, to, to high school that you were kind of, like, local-wise that you were kind of gravitating towards, like some of the other bands in New York that you, you saw that you were kind of um, into? I mean, I, I did really like the Bouncing Souls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Did you ever get into a veil? Did you ever get to find a veil? Um, I didn't actually find a veil till like later on, till like a few years later. And then I wound up, you know, really, really loving them. I think, Mm -hmm. I think I tried and couldn't succeed. I mean, in high school, I listened to a lot of that, you know, like I listened to exploited and the subhumans Mm -hmm. and like all that stuff. Um, I remember some of the local bands, there was a band called sticker. Okay. That I liked, and I honestly, to this day, I I can't even remember what they sound like anymore. But I do remember liking them. <laughs> and there was like, um, but yeah, I did like the Casualties because that that was like I remember the first band I saw where you could actually buy their CDs and stuff like that. Like, yeah. some of these like local New Jersey bands. I mean, they they didn't even have anything you could really buy. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, did Did you ever see Heckle? They're from Bergen, aren't they? Heckle. That band? Yes. 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 They went to go see them. Yeah. Then there was, you know, and I listened to a lot of the New York bands, like, like LES stitches. I remember really liking them. Um, I had like such a big crush on that guy in the band. The singer. So cute. Was it Damien? Was he the bass player? Oh, I don't know. I'm thinking the singer. I thought the singer was at the time, like, was almost like a, like such a, an icon of that scene. 
Like I remember reading interviews with them and all the time and, and stuff like that. Like, you know, I don't, they didn't come up to Canada too often. So I was once again, just observing it from afar. Yeah, Blake 77s came up here. I got yeah. 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 I remember seeing them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Yeah. But I bet that, you know, there was a difference. There were bands I went to see, you know, and then, but then the bands I probably listened to the most, you know, was like the bouncing souls, mm-hmm. like listen, Jake. And then, um, yeah, and then I think I, you know, like I would listen to the Subhumans and Crass, like stuff like that too. But um, yeah, it totally depends on who you fall in with. When like back then, yeah, you didn't have the internet, so like whoever your friends were telling yeah. you, like this is the I, band. And it, for me, it was a thing. It was like I would just go places and kind of look at who I saw in people's leather jackets, <laughs> and then try to figure out how I could find out more about them. And that anybody who says they didn't do that, I mean, what the fuck else were they doing? Exactly. You know? like, I didn't have a cool older brother that showed me the way, you know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, that, that's just what I did. And I would go to these like record stores in New York. Like, uh, what was that one? It was one called like generation, generation. records or yeah. something. Yeah. It's still I there. Go there. Is it still there? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, I don't know that now I'm going to sound like an idiot when someone writes into the podcast. Right. Like it closed uh, eight months ago. Yeah. I, I, I swear I've been there recently. Yeah. No, it's definitely what? still open. It's definitely still open. I'm going to go on record. Okay. <laughs> We're going to go on the record. So yeah, that was that. And then, and then, um, you know, in college, um, it was just a, it opened a whole new door to like so many different things. And then I was like almost embarrassed that I was ever in the like because then I got into the hardcore scene where the drunk punk scene was like so not cool. Yeah, you know, and I like became vegan and I was like embarrassed that I had like a little closet full of leather back at home and I didn't want anyone to know. <laughs> I think we all have our metaphorical closets full of leather. Our pre-hardcore days in punk. (laughs) I know, and then I like just got rid of it all, and like these, and now I'm like, God, I wish I kept my. (laughs) Why did I throw it all away? (laughs) Uh, To to be young and hardcore again. I know. Um, Yeah. So so I guess you go off to college, and what are some like, uh, you know, in in New Brunswick, and as you said, it's kind of like the hotbed of basement shows and all. I mean, that's that was just awesome. You know. Do you remember your first kind of like foray into that kind of world? Uh, there was, um, the, well, the local bands, like, I really mm-hmm. remember, you know, and she's still like one of my close friends to this day. Like there was Storm Shadow. <laughs> they were a band called Storm Shadow. They were just like a local band and I like loved them. Okay. And then Worthless United. Okay. I don't, I don't know either of those bands. That's, uh, are they, did they record? I, they must have, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they did. But it was, you know, small. Well, Worthless played with, with Dave's band all the time because Dave, Dave, they tear it up like all those bands. They were from down the shore, which yeah. I wound up getting into all those down the shore bands later. But so was Worthless. Um, Worthless was a yeah band I liked, and then, um, uh, God, who was the 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 beginning? I remember the beginning of my New Brunswick days. There was that that emo band <clears throat> called You and I. Okay, yeah. Oh yeah, I went to go see them. Um, I think they were at like my first. Like basement show. Had you tried playing in a band at all? Or had you had you ever been like driven into like that side of it? No, you know, like I, I remember kind of trying, and it just like wasn't for me. I think I always like wished that I was, but it's just not my thing, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> but that's okay. Bands can't be what they are without people who listen to them. That's true. <laughs> you know? But I'm living proof that anyone can do it. Yeah. But me and my husband now, we like record songs, but yeah. they go in our movies and stuff. Yeah. And it's like fun for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Well, then you yeah. do. Then you did. You did find your outlet for it. So you do have a, a you know, a, a drawing to it. You just didn't yeah. get to it yeah, till later. Yeah. yeah. Did you um, do a zine back at some point? Someone told me that you used to do a fanzine. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was only like one issue. I don't know. It was embarrassing. There was nothing cool about it. <laughs> it was stupid. Do you remember what it was called? No. <laughs> <laughs> was it like pre-hardcore more or more like the New York? It was like when I was in college. <laughs> and I don't know. It's like a bunch of my stupid poems and stuff. Okay. Well, that was the thing. You had dumb. to do a zine. No, you had to do a zine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, all through college, I mean, punk, punk and basement shows and everything. I mean, that was my whole life. Yeah. I mean, I saw everyone because New Jersey and, and New Brunswick was such an epicenter for everything, you know? So, um, God, you know, I remember I was at Thursday's very first show and they were like, Jeff was like a really close friend of mine. Yeah. Um, and he had shows in his basement all the time. Um, yeah, like God, he was a house. I saw refused in a fucking basement, you know, and that was like very uh-uh. life changing. On that and last like, tour. God, what was that band? Yeah. Los Crudos. Yeah. I remember everybody yeah. really liked. I'm really dating myself. No, now. you're not. Uh, you're, you're, you're dating yourself yeah. in, the, in the sense that you're making yourself yeah. a period of awesome. And then I, and then there was also like, if you went to the, some of the, to me, it was like almost like a concert. Like I never went to real concerts anymore at that point, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. ever. Like I remember going to see, actually, it's very funny because Jeff will always bring it up. I, there were very few concerts I would go to, you know, because I became very anti them. Yeah. And only go to basement shows, but I do remember going out of my way to see um, Elliot Smith because I really liked him, and I didn't, I didn't know who would come with me. And I do remember going up to a random guy in my English class that I thought was cute, and I said, "Hey, I have two tickets to see Elliot Smith. Do you want to come with me?" And that was Jeff, and I had like never <laughs> talked to him before. And we went to see Elliot Smith, and I swear the whole way there, we took the train, and I don't think we said even one word to each other because we were both like emo kids that were so nervous, <laughs> like we barely even like like held hands, and like, oh. and then I remember on the way home we stopped at the diner to go get like vegan burgers, um, on the way back after seeing Elliot Smith, and he said, "I I'm gonna start a band. Do you want to come to my first show?" And I said, "What's the name of your band gonna be?" And he said, "Thursday." And I was like, "That's a stupid name." <laughs> I think you should change it. <laughs> and he will always remember that. He's like, no, I think that's the name. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Do you want, what, what Elliot Smith, what record was that on? Either or? or, or um, um, the XO one. XO, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And, yeah, I know. <laughs> and I remember being like, well, I don't really like going to big concerts, even though it's just like a show at Irving <laughs> Plaza. Like, but I really loved Elliot Smith. So I remember just buying tickets, being like, someone will go with me. And like, none of my hardcore friends wanted to come. And I was like, I bet that guy with black hair in my English class likes Elliot Smith. And it was Jeff. And then we joke about it all the time, like to this day. That's awesome. Small world. Yeah, I know. Well, I guess that's also that, but, that um, speaks to New Jersey in the sense that like it is amazing the, the breadth of bands and kind of like the difference of yeah. bands that all And call you punk. know what? I was the girl I I was the one I had friends like all the different fast like facets of the hardcore scene mm-hmm. 
were very different, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And I actually was friends with, I was kind of a floater between all the groups, which was kind of funny, even though most of those groups didn't like each other. So I, <laughs> I just loved going to shows. Yeah. I didn't care what they were. So yeah. I remember going to see like the locust and like, you know, bands like that, like really liking that kind of hardcore yep. music. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I really, you know, I went to, I was really into like the metal stuff too, like Dillinger Escape Plan and like Cave In. And like, I remember going to see shows like that. Um, and then like, I also even sometimes went to those like thug hardcore shows, like E Town Concrete and like Earth Crisis yeah. and like stuff. I liked stuff like that too, you know? Um, did you ever go into the youth crew stuff? Of- like any yeah, of- yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that's what I meant. I, I, I like dabbled and in that stuff yeah. too. It was just hard because some of those shows were very not like, um, girl friendly, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so you'd always, I'd always just kind of be hiding in the corner. I do remember actually, I probably went to every single, um, kid dynamite show on the entire East coast. I became really like obsessed with them. I really liked them. And I think that was the first time I would go to hardcore shows. And like, I felt like girls could actually dance and stuff yeah, and have fun. Like I literally, I mean, they weren't a band for that long. I think I went to every single one of their shows. I went when they played in Philly. I went when they played in New Jersey. I went when they played in New York. Like I was like obsessed with seeing kid dynamite play. I like wouldn't be surprised if I saw every single one of their shows. Did you ever see (laughs) lifetime? Had you seen lifetime? I never, Never saw Lifetime. I like just missed it. Mm-hmm. And then I remember when I saw Kid Dynamite for the first time, I really, really loved them. Yeah. And I like wish they had like more albums to buy. And then I remember my friends being like, what? Well, why don't you just listen to Lifetime? And I'd be like, well, who's Lifetime? You know, because yeah. I didn't know because I didn't know about them in high school. And they'd be like, what? And then I had to go on and pretend that I listened to Lifetime when I was younger, <laughs> even though I didn't, you know? Oh, I know the but thing. Then, yeah. I know the drill. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that this band, Kid Dynamite, that I really liked yeah. before Kid Dynamite was Lifetime. I didn't know that, but I pretended that I did no. once I figured it out, you know? Absolutely. Um, I've, been, I've been that position. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, and then came after that, I remember going to see like the get up kids and like that kind of stuff. So I like, I listened to like, I just went to shows all the time. I didn't go to frat parties. I didn't go to anything, you know, like I just loved every kind of show. Um, God, who who were those bands in Philly? I hung out in Philly a lot because in New York, you know, everything you had to be 21 to get into. Um, so yeah, I remember like going to see the Locust a lot in Philly and then there was that other band like, um, Kill the Man Who Questions and like His Heroes Gone and like going to all those shows. Um, I like all the time, every night, like whatever was going on, I would just go to a show. I didn't even care if I really liked the band or not. I just, I would just go. That's awesome. Did you ever do shows? Did you ever put on shows? Um, I did live in a house, yeah, and my roommate, he was mostly the one that put it together. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually wrote about it. Um, there's a – when Burning Angel – the day Burning Angel launched, Yeah. fast forward to several years later, <laughs> yep, yeah. in 2002, the day that Burning Angel launched, I've actually – I've written about this many um, – it's in a chapter in a book. Uh, it's called Coming Out Like a Porn Star where okay. I talked about um, the beginning. So – when Burning Angel first launched, I remember um, my I lived in a house and in our basement, my roommate he had um he had against me play in our fucking basement. It's so crazy, and they stayed at my house like just a bunch of squatter punk kids. Yeah, <laughs> staying out, sleeping on my couch, you know. 
Yeah. Um, well, that's the thing. It's what, amazing. Who like, else we, played? Like, Strike Anywhere? No, they didn't play at my house. I remember they stayed at my house. So after they played, I really liked Strike Anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then a bunch of other like local bands played too, which is like so crazy. Against me, played in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> what was your well, like? You know, it's funny because like Less Than Jake, you brought up earlier, seeing him that community hall. It's almost like you know, years later, Against Me, same sort of thing. A band from Gainesville, just yeah. making the trek, playing, playing, and staying wherever they could, and then yeah. years later, Laura's. And they were like, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Now they're like huge. I mean, like, yeah. Lilith Fair or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's it's like it was. Well, you know, it, I it, actually, I'll always, I really love their older albums. Yeah, um, I, I still like I still Laura's. That- Laura's one of my my closest friends <laughs> in music. Like, I love her. She's awesome, and so it's like, but yeah, like I think it's like it's so cool. Like you've brought up so many names of people that have been on this show or people like, you know, have done other things in music and we're all connected by this like little novelty genre that apparently died in 1978. Yeah, I know. I know. And I, you know, and I, I wonder if things are still the same, you know, like I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I think it's probably different now that everything's just so easy to access. Like, <clears throat> I mean, we were, I felt very privileged to be a part of it and mm-hmm. it was so cool that I wish it was so cool that you found out about things through flyers, you know, like you, somebody had to physically hand you a flyer. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. You had to get, you had to get like, and I didn't have, I mean, even though the internet became like, you know, more of a thing in college, like I didn't even have a computer to like my junior year of college. I I went to the computer lab when I had to do work, you know, yeah. Yeah. like, <laughs> And so, you know, and you had limited time to use it. So, like, I would write my papers and stuff, and I wouldn't really spend the time going, you know, like, when I was, like, done with them, I would kind of glance on some of the message boards and this and that. I I wasn't very into it. I mean, everything I knew about punk, I was just literally finding out about through my friends and yeah. word of mouth. It was not through the Internet because I didn't even, like, yeah, like, I literally didn't have my own computer until my, like, junior or senior year of college i just like use the computer at the computer lab in school which is so crazy to think about you know so everything was just word of mouth Mm -hmm. literally i know there were other people that were like you know those message board punks i wasn't part of all that drama and stuff you know um so yeah it was just and i was very fortunate to live in new brunswick where it was just like there were just so many bands that came through there so many I mean, I remember seeing like Jimmy Eat World, um, in someone's basement. You know, yeah. Um, well, I don't think crazy. You know, I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. I think it's also because you have like you had the ability to have such broad taste and realize that all this stuff was awesome. Yeah, and I'm glad. You know, I'm glad I spent all of college like going to so many shows because I saw yeah. so many bands, mm-hmm. and I'm glad I wasn't one of those like. Cause I felt like I was a lot of my friends, they only stuck to their like genre of punk, you know? And I'm glad that I kind of like got to see all of them, you know, between going to like the super thug hardcore stuff, (laughs) you know? And then even later on, you know, a lot of my friends kind of stopped caring and I was going to like, you know, those like trust kill records, like metal core shows, you know, which was like a whole different thing. Um, and, um, yeah, and I and and every once in a while now, I mean, obviously, I don't go to as many 
you know, things, <laughs> but, but you know, it's fun for me. Like the other day I went to go see one of my newer favorite bands, Youth Code, yeah. kind of like goth, like industrial. And then I went to go see them play and I thought it was going to be like a big goth, like industrial show, but I didn't realize even that they were on like a punk label. So all the other bands like opening for them and stuff were like hardcore bands and it was cool i went there i was like oh i'm so glad these things like still go on you is, know is it youth code that's like one of the people from like ah oh, like some some hardcore band like one of the bigger hardcore bands from a couple years ago as a i mean it's just two people there's a chick singer yeah. and a dude i don't dude. You know what? i honestly don't even know i think the dude was in some other band but he was in carry on. i don't really know oh he was yeah okay, well that makes sense yeah um, but that's, it's funny cause like, you know, like all, you know, all these bands you're bringing up and all the stuff you got to see, like I, you know, being the, the same age, I could have seen as much stuff and I did get to see a lot of this stuff, but there's a lot of stuff because I was a lot more like your other friends you're mentioning, keeping to my more genres. I, I missed yeah. out on so like, much oh, so did you, Yeah. And I, I'm glad I saw. Yeah. <laughs> what so was your take? And I saw so many of these bands in basements. Mm -hmm. So many, you know, I spent all in basements and then like the, yeah, for me, going to a concert was when I would go see, like, Dillinger Escape Plan at, like, a VFW hall, you know, or, like, yeah. a big – whatever. I don't even know what they were called. Like, I guess it wasn't a VFW hall. It was, like, those – but it wasn't a concert venue. It was, like – I don't even know. Like, a – I don't even know what like they were. Like a community were. center or rec center Yes, or yes, yeah. yes. Like a rec center. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, that, to me, when I was in college, that was a concert, you know? <laughs> That's to me, a stadium That was show. me going to, like, some big <laughs> show, you know? <laughs> where my punk friends would be like, oh, I don't know. They're, they're like sellouts. They're playing to like 500 people <laughs> instead of like eight. You know? <laughs> There's a $15 ticket. Yeah, I know. Um, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Actually, $10 ticket even probably more like it. Yeah, then. no, seriously. What was your take on Saves the Day being that you were a huge Lifetime fan? And uh, well, were you into it You know, all? and also – I. See, I wasn't. I, I actually, I had friends that were into them. I actually was never like too into them. Well, that was the they thing, were like right? maybe a little too. They were, yeah, they were like a little too poppy for me. Yeah, I guess was, I don't know. Whatever it was, they just didn't it speak seems, to me. I don't know. It seems like most but, people were, but Kid they Dynamite. were in my like scene. Yeah, I was into Kid Dynamite. Yeah. That was my, that was my thing. I loved Kid Dynamite. I don't know what it was. You know, I think maybe because it was the perfect balance of like punk and hardcore mm -hmm. or something. You know, and it was like catchy enough. Or whatever. It's I such don't know. A, it's a cool just, story. They just spoke to me for whatever reason. Well, yeah, and it's such a cool story. Like Dan, I guess, was like, you know, wanted to do that band for a while, was looking forever for a singer, <laughs> like, and then just waited till he found the perfect person to sing for it. And he's like, oh, this guy, Jason, he's going to be the singer. Yeah. I was so sad when they ended. I was like, no, I love this band. And yeah, and it was so funny because they would play. I remember seeing them with like Agnostic Front, you know? <laughs> 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 but really, Kid Dynamite, I think, had a lot to do with bringing more, like, girls out to shows, you know, and having girls be, like, more comfortable at them and stuff, you know, in that, yeah. like, in that scene. Yeah. Like, what you mentioned. I remember also that one of my other favorite kind of local-ish bands, I loved that band, um, Endeavor. Do they mm -hmm. ever go anywhere outside of New Jersey? I don't even know, but I really like them. They played Toronto um, one time. I saw them in Toronto, but, uh, and they were like, they were big for a moment, like, like hardcore wise, right? Like, I love them. Yeah. Um, because that, the singer 
was the president of Amnesty International, which I was part of. Whoa, really? <laughs> in college. Yeah, yeah, he was. And I remember like all the girls in Amnesty International, we were all like in love with him. <laughs> we're like, oh my God, he's like the perfect man. <laughs> he like cares about the world and he sings in a band. And I went to all of their shows hoping maybe. And then I remember I worked at this, um, the vegan, well, it wasn't all vegan. It was a, it was a burrito place with vegan burritos. Yeah. I remember I worked there and I got so excited because he like came in there once. <laughs> I got to like actually talk to him for like 10 minutes and I was like so nervous. Like these people were yeah. superstars to me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like total, like all, you know, these people were my idols, you know, like I respected them so much. Um, well, it was like, you know, they were my heroes. Like, <laughs> I'm the exact same as you. Like once I started going to these basement shows, I didn't want to go like anything that was like bigger than a VFW type show felt like a, a, a monsters of rock tour. Like I didn't want. Yeah. I mean, and I didn't, like I said, I wasn't really using the internet very much. Like I wouldn't, I didn't even know when they were happening or when they came around. Like it just wasn't anything yeah. I cared about. Yeah. And my friend Sue, who's, she's, you know, the singer or was the singer of Storm Shadow, the small New Brunswick band that I yeah. just loved so much. Like yeah. she's, she's still one of my good friends. And when I hang out with her, I feel like I, I still act because it took me like two years to work up the courage <laughs> to talk to Sue, even though I was in her basement and there's like nine people at the show. But in my mind, she was like a superstar, mm -hmm. you know, and even now when I talk to her, I'm like, I still feel like I get that same nervousness around her. I'm like, I just think she's like the coolest person <laughs> in the world. And she's, she's now in a band called War on Women. Oh, and I just think I it's so Sue. cool that after all these years, she's like still so punk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. I was just she was like out. my hero. And That's really, crazy. Sue. Wow. Sue was like probably was one of my like like feminist just like influences when I was younger. You know, she was like someone I just really looked up to, and she was like a few years older than me. And I just <laughs> remember, I just thought she was so cool. You know, that's awesome. She was like my like Karen O or whatever. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> well, like you mentioned, not having an older sibling to get you into it earlier, but like you do eventually find that person who becomes your yeah. like, mentor. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I, you know, and I always loved the way, like, anytime guys would, like, talk about her, they, like, really respected her, you know? Mm -hmm. They, like, never talked about her, like, I don't know, the way people talked about other girls. Well, you no, know? You can say, like, guys, guys, especially at that point, there was, like, no oh, accountability. Terrible. terrible. Yeah, terrible. terrible. And that was a big thing I struggled with mm -hmm. in college because I loved the punk scene and I, like, loved you know a lot of the the guys in the punk scene but i always felt like guys in the punk scene like when they would find girlfriends they wanted to date girls outside of the punk scene mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. i like didn't want to like ever even think of like dating anyone outside the scene but like <laughs> girls inside the scene were either basically like tomboys or they were like sluts you know mm -hmm. I don't. I I think I wasn't sure which one I was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and like it's it's like you mentioned, like the the dudes put people into roles and force people to kind of like you know like not yeah. be able to participate. Like you said, like yeah, it was, it was a very male dominated scene, but I didn't care. I just I loved it there so much. I was yeah. just like whatever, and I think that's 
how I've been able to <laughs> maneuver my way through the porn industry. You know, everyone's <laughs> like, how do you survive in this like male dominated industry? Which I don't even really think it is, but I'm just like, you know, I spent my whole youth in the punk scene, like being so enamored by it and loving it. And, and I didn't care, you know, I figured out my place there yeah. and I didn't, you know, and I think that that just kind of, I don't know, you know? Well, what you said about, you know, punk being this, you know, male dominated place and, and it just, you know, prepares you for, you know, these other worlds that may be more, you know, hyper dominate or masculine or whatever. Like it's, it's funny cause it's like, it's almost just like a microcosm for every other little world that you wind up. In. Yeah, I know. I know. And I just loved it, you know, and I loved all the loud voices and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, having so many friends that like one day they're talking about starting a band and then like. A few weeks later, I'm like in somebody's living room and they're like hand drawing, you know, album covers and and doing their own. Like I remember like having like a boyfriend in college and like he really wanted to like put out our friend's band. And like he had like seriously like 5000 LPs like in (laughs) in his like bedroom, (laughs) you know, like just trying to like going hand to hand to record stores, me and him just trying to sell them. Like it was pretty cool. You know, we were just like making shit happen, Yeah, you know? And I just loved this little scene like so much. It was everything to me, you know? So I guess in college, you know, from what I've read about you and stuff, like that's when you like it's after college is when you decide to like go into the adult industry, right? The, the porn industry. Yeah. So yeah. What was, were you always like interested in it as, or was that no. like something that came something later to you? No. Yeah. It came later. I was not, I didn't even know what the adult industry was yeah. like at all. Honestly, what I, the first porn star I ever even heard of, I remember having this one, you know, one like cool friend in the punk scene. She was really hot. Her name was Allison and she like hung out all in, in like New Jersey a lot. I don't know. She was like an older girl, whatever that everyone, whatever. Um, and I remember she was one of those girls, you know, she was like a collector of like so many things, you know, like she collected horror movie stuff and I don't know, went to a whole bunch of conventions and I don't know. I remember hanging out with her and, um, she, she also was a big Blink-182 fan and I don't know. I just remember her telling me that the girl on the cover of a Blink-182 album was a porn star. I literally remember saying like, what's a porn star? <laughs> like I didn't even know. And I wasn't that young. Yeah. Like, I was already like probably 20 at that point. I don't know what year did that album come out? You know, that's, I think that's, uh, is that a, a- the ball of the state. Of the state. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's like 2000, 2001. Yeah. So what? I was 20. Yeah. 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 I didn't even know. And she was like, yeah, that's, that's Janine. She's a porn star. And I was like, what's a porn star? And like, I, I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. So I didn't knew nothing about the adult industry. Um, at all. <laughs> So your approach to, to like, you know, like obviously setting up your own company and, and, and kind of like building your own, like from what I understand, like you're one of the first people to kind of like, you know, do this, like, you know, in, a, in the way that you did it, right? Yeah. At a dawn of a new, weird. a turning um, point of the industry. Yeah. So my roommate in college, he was into porn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I wasn't. And, um, I do remember at the time, um, you know, I started like, 
I was very kind of confused sexually, you know, mm. I think I was kind of getting to the age. Of, it was sort of something I ignored for a while, you know, being in the punk scene, it's easy to do that. I was an activist. I spent my time just all I cared about was like going to shows and going to these like political rallies and stuff like that. Um, you know, there was definitely like a part of me inside that like needed to grow and I didn't really know how to do it. So um, I was always like a writer. I guess that was kind of always my thing, mm -hmm. which I was used to get embarrassed about because I wanted to be a musician like all my friends. But I, I was always like really into writing, you know. Um, so I remember in my like English class, you know, um, you know, I was taking like creative writing and like poetry classes and stuff like that in college. And I started writing all these like very like sexual poems you know mm -hmm. and stuff like that and um i don't know it was something i like to do and it helped me kind of explore myself you know um the few random times i would actually have sex with someone i would like write about it a lot and i really liked doing that it mm -hmm. like gave me this kind of freedom um i didn't really share it with a lot of my friends i would share it with just the people in my class you know because i that was like kind of embarrassing in the punk scene you know mm -hmm. um and then it was in, very asexual in the nineties and it was in hardcore. It was super asexual. And I think me being very like sexually like not advanced and insecure, it wound up being the perfect place for me because I could kind of ignore it, you mm -hmm. know. But it was like, you know, I was getting older and like I don't know. I wanted to like <laughs> explore myself more. And um yeah, so I, I did begin like writing a lot of these like <laughs> kind of graphic like sex stories, you know. Mm -hmm. Um and um, um, and my roommate, uh, Mitch, who I still own, Burning Angel, he knew about it, and he would kind of read some of the stuff and get a kick out of it. And then um, I do remember, um, I I had a, <clears throat> I decided to take like um, an internship because there was like an option in my school to get like credit for having an internship, mm -hmm. um, which I thought sounded like fun, you know, like getting to actually work somewhere rather than sitting in class all the time, um. I took like an internship at um, nerve.com, which was really like the first kind of like progressive like sex website. Mm -hmm. It wasn't porn, but there was like, <clears throat> that you know, all these different like famous authors would write these sex stories. And um, it was owned by like a couple that eventually wound up getting divorced while I was an intern there. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> Awkward. Yeah. Um, but I do remember working there and um, I, they would put me in charge of doing some of these like finding like, you know, like, like posting on the website to ask for like embarrassing sex stories and sex advice and this and that. And I just, I was into it. I was like into this like positive, like, female whatever like sex culture you know were you like aware of like annie sprinkle and other sort of like sex positive kind of writers i that... didn't know about no i didn't know about that till till later yeah yeah not till after i was in porn you know so like you, i think the thing that's amazing <laughs> is that you kind of like and we talked about this off air earlier too that you know what you did is you know give a lot of power back to the performers in a way. And like, I think it, it, it sort of like changed an industry in a, in a, in a major way. I, from once again, an outsider perspective in the sense that you had, it, it's like a, like a, a DIY approach to it. Right. Yeah. Like, and built it no, up. It's, I mean, it's still, you know, it's still pretty DIY. Yeah. 
some people think I'm like running this huge operation, <laughs> but I mean, it's like we, you know, I, I haven't, every single dollar that's gone into this company is my own. You know, yeah. I started with nothing and I made a little bit of something and I put it back in and then I made a little more and I put it back in. I have never taken, you know, big corporate money and blah, 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 blah. You know, like I just, I don't know. I mean, this is what we do. That's still very much run very similarly to the punk rock record labels, you know? Well, I was going to say, is that a point of pride? Like punk <coughs> rock, like you talk to, you know, yeah. our, our mutual friend, Ian Mackay, and he, it's like such a you point mean, of pride that it's DIY, right? Is it a point of pride for you? I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, look, it, if a giant check came in front of my face tomorrow, would I just turn it down without thinking about it? I don't know. You know, like mm -hmm. I'm 36 years old, you know, like if somebody wants to buy my company, <laughs> <laughs> that's not something I'm going to turn down, you know, like, or whatever, if it was yep. the right offer or the yep. right thing, you know, like whatever. Um, but that's not an option I need to think about. So it doesn't really matter, you know, um, but yeah, I, it's like, I, I remember, God, it's so crazy, you know, like asking Ian McKay about that and getting kind of bummed, but we didn't even talk, I we should really... actually set that up maybe <laughs> like, so you, because I don't, yeah. we talked about that off air, but like, yeah, like when I met Ian McKay a couple weeks ago now, uh, he brought you up as being, cause I was debating him about, you know, oh no, things that aren't inherently punk that are, are tied to punk rock. And, and then I was like, you know, and he brought you up as an example of as someone who had, he had spoken to one time at a, a Q and a or something. I'll I know. Kind of yeah. It. God, it this was forever ago. It left an impact Some, on him. And also like, <laughs> fuck you, you know, like I was, I drove, I lived in New Jersey and I drove to Virginia just to see a couple of punk bands play and to watch him speak, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like if that's not, punk, I don't know. Like that's what I spent my time doing. You know, <laughs> I wasn't spending my time doing other things. That was my, that was my life at the time. You know, and I'm sorry. I, didn't, I don't want to, I, maybe I mischaracterize it. He wasn't putting you down or like saying like, you aren't a punk person at all. Like he was just okay. saying, well, that's that, cool. Yeah, no, he was I not. And I, that. and I should okay, not that's mischaracterize cool. it that way. Yeah. Okay, it, good. I'm glad. Yeah, I no, mean, you know, and I was young, I, I didn't really know anything no, yet. And yeah. I think I was just trying to like stir things up and I was very excited that I had this thing yeah you know like i spent so long in the punk scene um being a cheerleader for other people's things yeah and this was the first time i actually had my thing so i was very excited to kind of shout it to the world and i was like well what would happen if i brought this up to ian mckay like you know like a punk like hero um and then he basically said no there's nothing like punk about porn and i get it i mean i was probably i don't even remember how i phrased the question when i asked him about it but I was probably asking him what he felt about the porn industry. I didn't just stand up and say like, hi, yeah. like my name's Joanna and I just started like a porn site <laughs> yeah. on my own. How do you feel about it? Which was probably what I wanted to ask yeah. down inside. Like, yeah. Ian, do you approve of what I'm doing? <laughs> Instead, I put it in these like broad terms where he was probably like, no, I don't care about the porn industry. And why should he, you know? <laughs> um so I don't know. But yeah, to preface it, like years and years ago when the website first started, I did go to see Ian Mackay speak. And when he did Q&A at the end, I asked him how he felt about porn. Um, and honestly, at the time, I didn't even know anything about porn. Burning Angel had like just started 
you know. Um, but I was just, I don't know. I was getting into it. I was trying to kind of like fish around and well, see what was going on, you know. <laughs> and I think he's being a little dismissive of history because there, there are a lot of, you know, uh, sex people involved in various industries involving like, you know, be it performers on strippers or be it performers in the porn industry that have been involved in punk rock too, right? Like it's like. Yeah. And I think I remember him saying there's like nothing punk about trying to like make a profit off punk or something. It's like, okay, well then you're basically saying everybody should get a nine to five job yeah. and make money yeah. and just go to punk shows for fun, which is also not very punk to be a square, you know? So it's like, well, what are you supposed to do? You know? Yeah. It's like you use the word profit as an ugly word, but like, I don't know, Ian, like who put gas in your car to get here? Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you obviously like, your rent gets paid somehow, your food gets paid for somehow, you know, like profit doesn't have to mean a shitty word. I think if you start a business yourself and you can make a profit off your own business, like that's a cool thing, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. no matter what you're doing, I think that's an admirable thing. And it's a very, very, very difficult thing to do. And the more I learn about business and all the shit that gets thrown at you when you run your own business is very hard to successfully run a small business in America. You know, it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. So I, I have respect for anybody who's been able to get their own projects off the ground, no matter what it is, you know? Well, as, as we were talking about there, like, you know, like we were saying, like, you know, like you, you know, for your industry, you did the equivalent of what he was doing in his industry like you changed yeah. you carved your own little corner and that's like you know yeah, it's so hard to corner. do that <laughs> i did what i wanted to do i didn't ask for help from any big people yeah you know mm -hmm. and i just i just kept going mm -hmm. and i became somewhat successful i don't know you know well put it this way anyone i've said that i am having you on the podcast as a guest it did not require any explanation of who you were. <laughs> it was normally like, I'm like, oh, I'm having blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, who's that? It's like, oh, it's a professional wrestler and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like, oh, I'm having Joanne Angel on. It's like, oh, cool. You know, no, no, other, no other explanation needed. So you, I think you found very success, much success in your field. So, um, you know, well, and thank I, you. and I, well, and I think it's awesome that, and like, yeah, now so, you know my roots, you know, yeah. like no one can deny that I grew up in the fucking punk scene. Like I spent years and years and years of my life and like, okay, just because I don't go to punk shows now at the age of 36, I mean, I'll go see, you know, like I'll still, if the bouncing souls come around, I'll go see them, you know, yeah. like I'll go see Rancid if, if they come around, you know, like, am I going to like do research on like basement shows and hang out with a bunch of <laughs> people half my age? Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm kind of busy, you know. <laughs> but um, I, you know, I I give like a lot of respect and, and props to everybody in the punk scene, and it always will hold like a special place in my heart, and it's shaped me into who I am, you know. And I I, I wouldn't be anything without it. It. it built me into a person and those ethics will be with me forever. Mm -hmm. Well, it doesn't matter what kind of car I drive or what I eat or whatever, you know, <laughs> I don't have to feel guilty, you know, like I'm, you know, was, yeah. was there a point where you kind of like, cause you know, everyone has it. There's like that punk rock guilt. There's that little Ian Mackay and it's not necessarily even him. It's like our manifestation of him sitting on our shoulders 
at any point. Was there a, a, a certain moment where you were able to kind of like shed that punk rock guilt? Yeah, I kind of had to just let go. Um, I think I was trying too hard in the beginning to just be like accepted by the punk scene, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, also, I didn't know anything about the porn industry. So that was the only place I knew to promote things, you know, mm-hmm. was going to, sh- you know, and still in the beginning, the first few years of Burning Angel, people found out about it just like punk. I went to shows and handed out flyers. I think some people might still have the first Burning Angel flyer. Well, um, wow, that's crazy. Was, I would love, hopefully yeah. someone sends a scan of that I know, in. I would love to see I that. I know. I wonder if anybody has it. I wonder if I still have it. I think when I was going through things in my storage, we had a couple of them. Um, I would it love, was well, handed out at, I remember it, it was handed out at uh, um, Surf and Skate Fest in 2002, 2002 April. 19th or April 20th or something. Who played that? What, what show was that? You know, I actually didn't go because I remember there was a show in my basement that day <laughs> on April 20th. And I didn't want to miss it. Um, and that was like a rock I concert actually, compared to where you were doing. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but somebody else went and handed out flyers for me. And I remember it like blew up. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that that was like a big deal. And then like, we started getting all this hate on like the message boards, you know, Mm -hmm. and people like took my photo. I actually, if you read my chapter in, um, like I said, coming out like a porn star, I I wrote about all this, the the day burning angel launched. And I remember going on the God, what was the punk message board at the NJ punk scene.com or something. Yeah. Yeah. The New Jersey one, NJ scene. I don't know. It was one of those, I actually didn't even go on it. I never posted on that board, but I remember my roommate did. Yeah. And he was like, oh, check this out. And there was like a whole message board thread that was like porn being punk. Ha ha. And there was like, like seriously, like 500 responses on people mostly bashing Burning Angel. And I even remember like the flyer, like pictures of the flyer were posted on there. And literally, I even remember looking at it and I was like, how did they even like get a picture of the flyer to post on the message board? Like, that is some serious technology there. Like, I didn't even know, <laughs> like, HTML, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, how did they even do that? How did they even grab a photo off the website and, like, put it on there? That's crazy. Yeah. How did they do that? It's, like, the earliest form of pirating, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, like, you know, people were calling me ugly. People were saying all sorts of mean shit. Oh, they're making a profit off off they're exploiting women you know blah 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 and i was so bummed i was Mm -hmm. like you know this isn't fair i always support every band in the fucking punk scene even if i don't like the band i support them i go to their shows i would hand out flyer for their shows i thought it was like a code in the punk scene that it doesn't matter whether you like it or not if this is part of the scene you accept it and you love it and you help it and that was like what i thought you were supposed to do mm-hmm. you know and i remember being very hurt you know i was like dude i like i didn't i didn't violate any punk laws by starting this you know my friend from my computer class was the one that put it online you know like all the other girls on the site like 
the, all three of them, you know, <laughs> <laughs> who were punk chicks in part of the scene, you know, and then I felt bad. People were insulting the other girls and I really thought yeah. I was starting this cool thing where like girls could just explore their sexuality and like whatever. And mind you, at the time, the beginning of Burning Angel, I swear was just photos. Wasn't even videos. Yeah. People were getting all up in like this upheaval because of like a handful of naked photos on the internet. It's crazy to think about that now. There is like so many naked photos on the internet now, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like everybody was up in arms about it or it felt like that to me. You know, I wasn't world news, but in my scene, it was all anybody was talking about it, and I was hurt. Um, and I still kept going. You know, I remember going to a lot of festivals that year, going to Crazy Fest, going to Hell Fest, you know, and handing out flyers and handing out flyers and not caring what people said. And, you know, I was interviewing bands and there were some bands that would refuse to do interviews because they didn't agree with it and blah, 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 you know. And um, and then some bands would do it because they were all about it. And it was just like a thing people were torn over. Mm-hmm. And that was like the early, early days of Burning Angel. Um, I actually remember, um, a pretty big life changing moment for me. Um, first of all, I, I started, people started to ask me about, uh, porn stars, you know, like, do you know this person? Do you know this person? And mind you, we didn't even have videos out. we didn't have any sex scenes on the website yet, you know? And I actually remember somebody telling me, um, about like Belladonna, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, telling me how they were her favorite porn star and blah, 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 blah. And something kind of clicked in my head. I was like, you know, you don't see Belladonna going to these shows and handing out flyers, but everybody knows who she is. <laughs> you know, I was like, maybe more people would know who we were if we actually just stepped away. Maybe I'm like trying too hard to like squeeze myself in here and I need to like step outside of here a little yeah. bit, yeah. you know? Um, and then also this was actually, I don't even know if I've ever told this story on the air. Um, I remember going to Hellfest one year. I can't remember what year it was. Maybe it was like 2004 something. And it was, a. it was a very, it was in New Jersey. Um, it was a very, very violent show. Was it the one that Bad Luck 13 played and they threw the, there's like the huge riot when they threw the pig's head yes. in the crowd? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it really brought out a lot of scary people. Yes. Um, yes. and I remember these girls were like throwing water balloons at us and calling us sluts. We had a booth there because we used to get booths at some of these shows and like sell t-shirts yeah. and we didn't even have any DVDs. We would literally get a booth and sell t-shirts and hand out flyers. And that's all we did. And stickers. Um, and I remember we had a booth and me and some of the girls were hanging out and I remember these other girls were throwing water balloons at us, um, Mm -hmm. and calling us sluts. And I was like, you know, I'm not like a fighter. I was like, Hey, that sucks. Can you stop doing that? You know? And then one of my good friends, um, he owned a record label. Um, he owned eyeball records. Um, Alex, he, he's come up on the show so much. It's amazing. Oh, that's funny. Oh, yeah, because he's like, yeah, he's been good friends with a lot of people. So well, like, I remember. And, and so many bands, like Thursday, like, you know, so many bands that are like key to New Jersey, sorry, not to cut you off, he put out. Like, and so it's amazing that he yes. comes up yet again as an important person. Yes. So, okay. Sorry. So he, at that show, so he saw the girls picking on us, you know, and he went over to the girls 
that did that and said, Hey, can you, can you cool it? You know, they have a booth here. Just let them do their thing. They're not going to get in your way. And then those girls, like whoever they were, their friends, their boyfriends, there was like multiple guys that beat him up and he wound up in the hospital. Like he almost died. I'm like about to cry while I'm telling the story. It was terrible. He literally almost died. He went to the hospital. Like he was unconscious or something like, um, and I was like, we have to get out of here, you know? And I remember leaving and I was like, I'm just going to stay away. If we're a porn site, let's just be a porn site. Let's promote ourselves with other porn companies. Let's just step away for a little while. Everyone in the punk scene knows who we are. They've made their decision of whether they like us or not. I'm still going to interview bands. I'm still going to do that thing, but I'm not going to try to like, I'm done here. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not going to try to like be a band. I'm not a band, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and after that, I kind of backed away. You know, I started promoting, I was getting older, you know, like I moved to mm-hmm. New York City at that point. And I was throwing these bees in New York, you know, and do, kind of joining the more uh, electro whatever scene, you know, like, like doing more like dance parties at like, you know, what I still considered punk, just like punks in Williamsburg going to dance parties, not yeah. like punks and you know what I mean? Just that. Yeah, it's a different of era of Williamsburg than now too. Yeah. I'm like, let's stay away from the hardcore scene now. Like it's done, yeah. you know, <laughs> like yeah. I'm out of this game. Like that doesn't mean I turned my back on punk or music or whatever. I was like, this is it, you know? And also it was like, these shows are all ages, you know, and I really shouldn't be promoting uh, a website that's meant for adults at these shows, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think it all kind of clicked then. So I, I started doing things a little bit differently after that. Well, Joanna, I've really, this has been amazing getting <laughs> to talk to you and I really appreciate you coming on and having this <laughs> yeah. amazing And that's like, this was, that happened in 2004. So I've had a lot more. Happening. Well, that's what I was going to say. So, yeah. I would love to have you I've on. I've had an interesting life. Well, yeah. That's the thing. I would love to have you on for a part two at some point And, uh, yeah, it, sure. <laughs> it would be awesome because <coughs> this is pretty say, fun. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing is like, I, well, I really appreciate that because I think, and also for me, it's like, it's almost a uh, you know complete uh, validation of the original thesis of this podcast, which is like, and it's also like a specific like strip of hardcore and punk, which is like this DIY kind of like approach to hardcore punk, and like how people affected by that have gone on to do incredible things all over the world and it's just uh you know it is it's a cool thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's always a way i can like still to this day like connect with people you yeah. know like when you meet someone i mean my husband you know today like we we met a couple of years ago or like it's five years ago now and um that's what really brought us together and you know i remember seeing his rocket from the crypt tattoo on our first date <laughs> And like, we were able to talk about it and like, it didn't even matter the fact. And I think that's kind of what made him look past the fact that he was on a date with a porn star. We wound up talking about punk the whole time, you know, like, and it didn't even come up like, oh, so you also bone people on camera. That was like, <laughs> you know, I think it just like brought us back to the same, to the same page, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, it all comes back to rocking the crypt, I guess too, because yes, there yeah. it is. You learned to love rocking the crypt. I did. I learned to love rocking from the crypt <laughs> years later. <laughs> Well, as I say, Joanna, thank you so much for doing the show. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thank you, Joanna. And as you can hear right there, Joanna will be back for a part two at some point. um, Because, yeah, I had an amazing time talking to her. And how cool is that? 
How cool is it to have, to be that young and to be that willing to just enjoy music and not get caught up in scenes or any of that crap? Because I certainly got caught up in scenes and all that crap. So thank you, Joanna, for coming on the show. Next week on the show, I'm going to go wrestling. Next week on the show, I have one of the most, I would say, key wrestlers to emerge in the UK wrestling scene over the last few years. Anyone that knows anything about what's happening in professional wrestling knows that in the last few years, the United Kingdom has blown up and become arguably one of the hottest hotbeds for wrestling. And Jimmy Havke is certainly a key figure in that uh, massive increase in popularity. Uh, Jimmy's going to be on the show next week. Jimmy Havoc, though, is also a punk rocker. So we will get into all of that next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and I will see you next week. Oh, go out there and make your own culture, because one day it might (laughs) have you sitting on a balcony in Acapulco overlooking the ocean, (laughs) because this is too ridiculous. Anyway, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, I love you all, and I will see you next week. Who knows from where, though? Uh, probably Toronto. I'll be back in Toronto next week, so it'll be it'll be a lot calmer, and probably I will be definitely uh, uh, not looking at this view. I'll be looking at my desk. So I'm going to drink this in. Thank you, everyone, and I'll see you next week.